Where did you start to see like your grief being transformed and transmuted and healed with like what you were doing with it? Well, I really, I really had to go to therapy. I mean, it was, it, mm-hmm. I put us all in therapy because mm-hmm. it was just so sudden. Mm-hmm. I think it, it affects your, your self-worth. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I was, I wasn't good enough, you know, or oh, what, wow. you know what I mean? But during COVID, I was watching the struggles that the teens, you all were really going through. And it really affected me. And, and, and I was reading about, you know, the teen suicide rate going up and watching on TV, on the news about, you know, kids that were really struggling. And so I said, I really got to get this off the ground again. I really have to, you know, start this mission of introducing teens to the arts as a creative outlet. It's like express yourself without fear in positive mm. ways. Yeah, it's really exciting to see how your dream is becoming a reality and how you're helping people achieve their dreams as well. We all want to fit in, especially when we're teenagers. We want to feel like we belong somewhere. Well, that place for us was Max's Kansas City. We, we, were, we were the outcasts who you know, found our way into this place, you know, where we all felt, oh, it's like our home away from home, you know. Yeah. And so we're, kind of, we're kind of trying to recreate some kind of sense of that, of communication and, and feeling like you belong and, um, and explore the arts. Mm. I feel yeah. like, um, you know, what you said about like fearlessly creating, like um, when we create, like automatically people that resonate with what we're creating and, and the authenticity of what we're creating creates that community around us. Like without like music, um, I wouldn't have the community that I have. I would be like a hermit and I am when I'm not playing music, you know? And so like we we can cultivate just by being ourselves and expressing ourselves like, like just this growing, thriving, almost like this entire organism that's a, like a community of healing and ins- inspiring others to transmute what they're going through into something that you know heals people that they, they might not even know that their art has connected with. I've had a bunch of friends pass away, but like the first one who, um, I, me and my friends, we found him overdosing um, and uh, we tried to save his life. And, um, you know, a few days later, he like died in the hospital. And for a while, I blamed myself. I was like, oh, I should have been there sooner. Like, uh, I could have done this differently. Like, you know, what if something we did killed him, you know? And then in therapy, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of EMDR therapy. It's this immaculate trauma therapy that's so effective that the pharmaceutical industry tried to lobby to get it discredited and shut down because people stopped needing their drugs, right? Um, And it it literally, like your brain scan after EMDR therapy will look different. It'll look like a normal person's brain. Prior to that, it looks shut down in certain areas from PTSD. And so during EMDR, like that whole narrative fell out of the way. And I realized that me blaming myself was just this like, uh, it was like this protective mechanism that my mind came up with to protect me against like the bare naked tragedy of it all. And uh, I was able to finally like grieve it for what it was Mm. rather than having this like meandering narrative to, you know, think around and go through. You know, and yeah, it was almost like I was like taking on the pain of what happened and like punishing myself for it. It sounds really similar to like yeah. 
what you just described. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot to process. So what I did is I did take the lemons and turn it into lemonade by writing a book about the history of Max's, which took me 10 years because I had a full-time job and I was raising kids. Wow. But I did over 100, I did over 140 interviews for this book. Oh my God. Plus it has 183 photographs. It's an oral history of Max's Kansas City. That's mm. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, high on rebellion. <laughs> so there Do you have like a favorite thing in the book to um, show or something? Well, a little I mean, highlight. So the, you know, she was the Showtime girl, uh -huh. actually. So she would get in the back room, pretty much at Max's. Anything goes as long as you're not. That was what made it so interesting. Cool. You never knew who was going to come in the door, whether it was the Rolling Stones yeah. or, you know, I mean, Allen Ginsberg. What and, really? Oh, no, I love Allen Ginsberg. Everybody went to Max's. Yeah. So this is actually Jane Fonda, who when she was doing a sitting at a table, and Andrea Whips was called the showtime girl and she'd get up on a table and and yell it's showtime everything is coming up roses is everybody happy <laughs> and then she'd proceed to take off her clothes or do these that's amazing crazy things and so fitting that she's on the cover yeah and and, and bruce springsteen actually got his start there no and, way and, and he actually did a double bill with bob marley and the whalers when they debuted what? in new york because yes dude Yes, That's crazy. Because, because he was just starting out at the time. Yeah. And um, John Hammond, who had signed him, called Max's and said, we really need to give him, you know, some exposure. That you, is and, crazy. And he said, well, we have this band that's coming, you know, from the islands that are going to be. And so Bob Marley and the Whalers did a double bill with uh, Bruce Springsteen. What a psychotic bill. That's incredible. And and then Aerosmith actually, the first time they ever performed at Max's, mm. um, got signed to a record deal right on the spot. What? By Clive Davis. I mean, wow. people, I'm telling you, made the most amazing connections there. You that is insane. You can walk through and become a star overnight. Wow. You see Lou Reed, if anyone knows who he is, did the introduction to this. Whoa, no yeah. way. Yeah. What? That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. See, Velvet Underground. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's incredible. Yeah, let's yeah. bring it back. I, yeah, yeah. I love the mix of the ages, and that's that's what Max's was. Mm -hmm. It was interracial and intergenerational mm -hmm. because COVID really changed for not only for the teams, it changed a lot for everybody. Totally. Yeah. 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 And I was I was grateful for that that yeah. first podcast that I watched of yeah. you of you yeah. too. And like uh because I feel like after watching it, I was like, Whoa, I feel like I've had blinders on or something to the youth recently. Like, I just didn't know what you mm. went through with the shutdown and like uh, just also like the increase in violence and everything at the school. Like, that's crazy. And one of my friends was subbing there and says it's like a prison now. There's so many cops yeah, around. Yeah, you feel what like if you hell? just walk down the hallway, someone's going to stop you and ask you like what? In the school? Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. They stop you and ask you yeah. in the school? If you're like going when there's nobody else, like in between classes, like I had an off-bell travel pass for the last couple months of school and some people give me funny looks. That's insane. Yeah. We were allowed to just go off campus whenever. No, no they will chase you down. That's I have a friend that like outrun crazy. the security guard. You got to give these people more trust. Like that's like, I feel like treating you as like prisoners and like people that are already doing something wrong is probably instigating that. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, it's like. like I feel like if you're already putting a kid who 
probably never would have thought about criminal activity like in a situation like that. I think after COVID, mm-hmm. I think a lot of more a lot of people became more introverted. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of their own bubble of like their their cliques or like their groups. Mm-hmm. So it's like no one can really come together. Like, mm. no one even goes to, like, games anymore, really. Wow. Yeah. Well, yo, look at the power of Max's and, like, what just that space did for these people, right? Like, mm. there's got to be something, like, some little, like, like lighthouse that you, you can create amongst yourselves to draw people in, right? Like, there's got to be some sort of way. We're trying. We're working. Yeah. You know, I have... I'm in a lot of clubs, so yeah, I'm trying cool. to like figure out a way to yeah. help people in that way. Beautiful. You're also doing film. Yeah. And for, you both do photography. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's not just necessarily one art discipline. All right? of it works together yeah. to make you a more well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. And different forms of catharsis, yeah. too. Like the feeling of the expression yeah. is different. Yeah, with like photography or film. It's really like capturing a picture that can really move someone is mm-hmm. it's very important, mm-hmm. especially if you look at black and white photography. Oh, yeah. If you can make someone feel something. Yes. With just black and white. And, and your film, the film, you're working on the, with the film lab, right? Yeah, that was really, uh, it was a hard topic. It was about um, homelessness because also when you're in that position where you have a camera or like you have Mm -hmm. this talent and you're trying to tell the story of someone Mm -hmm. you have, it's kind of like you go into their lives and then you make someone feel special with like your music or your drawing or your your camera and then you just leave. Mm -hmm. So I think with art, you have the power to exploit people and it's Mm -hmm. important not to do that to remember that like these are mm-hmm. just to have an actual relationship yeah. and show up authentically yeah yeah, yeah. Really. have mm-hmm. a friend she's a year younger than me she's been like harassed all year long because of homophobia transphobia they're literally still? shoving her into lockers still and still oh my goodness that's insane and she tried to like have some people do something about it but the school is just like oh sorry we can't really do anything i had an incident uh mm-hmm. with someone I was wearing a really bold outfit one day Uh to school and someone took a photo of me. I didn't realize it. And they posted it on a hate page called KHS Bad Fits. I don't even have Instagram. That's so hurtful. Like two months later, I was in the pit orchestra for the musical and one of my friends was in stage crew and we were talking. They're like, hey, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah, I saw you on Instagram. I'm like, I'm on Instagram? They're like, yeah. And then they show me it and send me a screenshot. I'm like, Jesus. That's pitiful. Yeah. So what do you think is happening right now that's that's in, like that's inspiring all of this? I feel a huge part of it was COVID. People didn't have like access to other people for a uh-huh. while. And that's wow. sort of like built this aggression Mm -hmm. as well as growing up in an age of internet people see all of these things and they're sort of desensitized Mm -hmm. and they just do really horrible things they're like oh it's not that big of a deal even though it is yeah yeah and i think that um i know that last school year there weren't as many fights 
but the severity of the fights mm-hmm. were worse. Were way worse. Wow. So there's got to be like more like awareness Definitely. of like mental health and like yes. avenues yes. to swiftly get somebody into like some sort of trauma therapy, mm-hmm. like yo EMDR therapy or something like that, mm-hmm. where it, it can actually like make a difference. So you have the band community and you have an actual band. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of my friends, I would say the ones I really, really connect with, they don't live around here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends from all over. Uh-huh. Most of them are in um, the city, though. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and that's my, I would say, my community. But since we all don't live near each mm-hmm. other, um, it's like social media and texting is what really, like, we keep up that way mm-hmm. and we kind of all follow the same thing like music stuff cool and um yeah i think for us social media is it's kind of like a way we can all keep up mm-hmm. with each other until the next time we can see mm-hmm. each other um but yeah i and there are a lot of bad things and for the fights thing at the school Mm -hmm. um i know that the school doesn't really tell kids that they have different alternatives like for let's say art classes people are missing out on a lot by missing missing out on those classes without those classes i don't know how i would have gone through this past school year i had an incident towards Uh the beginning of the school year Uh and uh School for me was like really rough for like six months. I was mm. dreading going in. Oh, My grades suffered, totally. but like yeah. banned. And then in the second semester, I took digital photography. That mm. really helped me find mm. something that I enjoyed that helped mm. me like ground myself when I was totally. struggling. Any last words? Uh, not particularly. Thank you both for coming on today. Yeah, thank, thank you, you too. Thank you, Yvonne, yeah. for uh, getting me on here with you. Yeah, so sweet to, to share it. I'm so happy you came.